Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. I am half of your host, Jumpy, and I'm joined by my lower half. That's right. It's a rip. From the waist down. Yeah. Too bad we're still two torsos. <laughs> it's horrifying. Don't ask me how I go to the bed. <laughs> Today we're here to talk about the best show on streaming television. The only type of television there is. And it's not cabinets of curiosities like you were thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is what, Rip? The fall of the House of Usher That's by Mac, Mike right. Flanagan. Did it seem like I forgot the name of the show? Because I did. The name of the episode is Murder in the Rue Morgue. Oh, he said it. Episode it. three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Almost said Murder in the Orient Express, and I didn't take that. <laughs> Uh, and this episode is the fallout of um, Perry's death from the acid party. Yeah, that was one hell of a cliffhanger for those of us who don't binge watch the show. <laughs> that was harsh. Especially since Freddy was there. <laughs> Freddy's wife was there. Yeah. yeah, that mystery got solved right away. She was there. She didn't die. Nope. And she is now without skin. Yep. A horrifying fate. I think that's the most disturbing part of this whole episode. I don't know, like, you can't help but feel bad for it. Like, I, you shouldn't because... She was there to do a shitty thing, but I, I, I kind of just feel like almost nobody deserves what happened at that place. <laughs> you get me? No. I mean, like yeah. I just, it's... I just feel bad. Like that's a horrible fate. Yeah, it is a horrible fate. And, she's and had I a feel family. like surviving that is just as horrible as I dying think, from that. I think surviving's worse, honestly, mm. to survive that. Um, and go through that and then have your family go through seeing you after that it's just it's terrible hmm. um, coolest thing about this opening scene is we see Arthur Pym just walking into the scene without before we hear a cops on a, talking to somebody and you could, from context clues, we learn that Arthur's going through. They're not letting him. And he's like, fine, call this person and tell him who I am that I'm going through. Arthur like, Pym is like, say my name. <laughs> say it. Yes. And they're like, holy shit, he's got clearance and I don't know who the hell he is. And they're like, we haven't, we haven't even touched the crime scene and he gets to go first. They're like, yep. He's got 10 minutes. He's like, that's all I need. I don't know why I thought you were going to say, holy shit, that's Jason Bourne. I, <laughs> I thought that's where you were going to go with that for some reason. No, it's just Mark Hamill. It's my favorite ancient <laughs> meme. 
I do love the fact where like as he's walking to the um, the doors of the factory, somebody's like, "You're not allowed past there," and he's like, "Sergeant," mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, he's got clearance." And I'm like, "What the fuck? He's got clearance. Let him go." <laughs> and they let him do whatever he wants in there. He can touch things. They tell him not to touch things, but they're not going to watch him. He's taking evidence. He's doing anything. Do you think the person he discovers in there is um, Morio? Yeah. Freddy's wife. I think it's pronounced Morio, but I can't remember. (laughs) Uh, I think so. I think she was the only one alive. Especially since, if I remember correctly, her dress was like teal colorish, and that's what we saw on this body. Does it? Interest the things I found interesting about this whole, um, you know, him gathering evidence on that. The mask is physical. I thought that was just something I didn't expect. Um, what's her name? I don't know the, the bartenderess, Lady Death, <laughs> Lady Death, to put the mask on Perry, and. It work, like she. It's there, and that's how she. He was a, Arthur Pym was able to pick up. That's like oh, that's uh, that's Perry. And then when they're looking through secu- the security footage, she's in the security footage, and they're even like, oh, we know everybody that was at this party except her. And then they even bring back the point that the bartenders left. And they don't. And when the bartenders were interviewed, they don't understand what happened. Just they talked to her. They remember that they talked to her, and the next thing they knew, they had walked outside. I don't understand why they'd left. Still, like, I get that they were told to leave, but was that Lady Death telling them to leave? Because yes. if so, she didn't talk to anybody else in there. She Why did she spare the help? She she talked to Moreau. She did? She what did she like, say? I can't remember that scene. She's like, I suggest you leave. And Damn, she was about to leave. But then she got glimpse of Perry and she started walking towards him. So. Shit. She tried to. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Her character's very interesting. I think she's literally Lady Death and not, like, the devil. Because she just seems very impartial to everything. It's like, all right, well, you die a bad death, you die a good death, you die a boring death. Doesn't matter to me. All right? I mean, I could give you a chance, but it's up to you. Either way, you're going to die and I don't care. She's very impartial. And I love her interaction with Camille as, as we go to the end. Because might as well just say it out, yeah. out loud. Camille is the next one who died. Did you guys see that shit? You got <laughs> killed by an ape. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she fucking did. She, we'll talk she about... went out. I mean, I'll talk about it right now. She went out like a yeah. boss. Like, yeah. she's revealed to be a shitty person and we're going to go through um kind of the different depths of her character because we did get a little bit more depth to her in this episode yeah. but she went out and died 
um with acceptance like a boss like she saw a very scary situation and she's like well fuck it i live my life yeah mm-hmm. um what was it so the bartenders is we see her throughout the episode as different characters right she plays different roles but she's inserting herself into the family and you know she was the um what was she she was the security guard for for Camille for mm-hmm. for Victorine's uh place of work um she, she plays was... a she plays a the perfect patient for human testing for Victorine mm-hmm. and then she perfect plays candidate. the perfect the perfect escort for Tamerlan and Bill say what yeah remember where she walks in and uh Bev's character now oh shit you're right yeah yeah Tammy's weird fetish yeah and it was like the perfect she was the perfect person and you just like immediately Tam was turned on even Bill was turned on because she said the fucking phrase well enough about my day how was your day and she knew everybody's name and the history and she like She's in. She's a substitute teacher who came in and knew the lesson, you know. Yes. Except it's <laughs> sexual somehow. <laughs> um, Which but, is a weird analogy, but you know what? It's a weird fetish. All right, it's gross. It's odd. <laughs> so she's setting herself up for uh, all of this for uh, whatever kills that's going to happen next. Now it's not less of a mystery. We kind of know where each one is headed but we got Camille went to Victorine's place of work or at least Victorine's uh, girlfriend Dr. Alessandra mm-hmm. her place of work and now earlier everybody did talk about Perry and how he died but they gave it very little thought which is why we're giving it very little thought <laughs> We're moving on to the more interesting <laughs> bits of the episode. Yes. But um You were saying. Yeah, I mean Camille is doing has to do her dirty work herself because she ended up fucking firing her interns who ends up falling in love. And I like her retort. She's like, Yeah, real good timing. After I paid off your fucking college loans, all of a sudden you wanna stand up to me. Fine, you're fired. Here's your severance package. Um, I'll see you when I see you. Good fucking luck. And she starts. <laughs> she has the just, balls to be like, "Did you at least get the dirt on Victorine?" And the guy's <laughs> like, "Are you fucking serious? You just fired us." No. And she was like, "Toby and Tita." And Tita was like, "No, my name is Beth. Uh, my name is Beth." And she's like, "Whatever, Beth." I, I like to fucking <laughs> what I say. Your names together <laughs> as Tita, so your name is Tita. <laughs> and she was just like and she just kind of shat on love itself it's just chemicals it's just knowing epinephrine once it wears off you're gonna you're gonna miss me. Yeah. it was a very pathetic kind of break like it felt sad I felt sad for her yeah, yeah. that is a really lonely person <laughs> and Toby if that's his real day was just like uh, like when when uh, Beth was standing up to her Toby was like, "Yeah, you're you're doing a you're doing a good job. Keep going." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Um, she gave him strength. 
and at least he stood up to her and was like, no, I'm not giving you any of that info. Here's the keys. You get it yourself. And here we are. She she got it herself. She walks in. She tries to go in. Security guard's like, well, why are you here? And Camille just tells off the security guard, but we see that the security guard is the bartender's. Yep, and she's doing her whole spiel where it's just like she's trying to talk them out of it, but you also get the giant air of somebody who knows that they can't be talked out of it. Yeah. And I feel like Lady Death always knows that she's just talking on deaf ears. I don't know why she does it. Maybe it makes it more interesting to her. But I, it It's like I said in the last episode, it just feels like... It's almost like she has to say it, like she tried, but it feels very Willy Wonka-ish. Like, no. No, no don't. Stop. Go in there, please. Stop. <laughs> so, Not the monkey t- cages. Oh, no. Oompa-loompa. She tells Camille, like, you have the choice to walk away right now. You're not supposed to be here. And then Camille's like, let me fucking through. I mean, that's that was the gist of what she was saying, but that she, she went into very lengthy detail on that of how she is able to do what she wants, when she wants, how she wants, etc. And then she's like, hey, it was just a suggestion. Go through. And we find that Victorine has been testing these monkeys and they're all put in cages, and not sanitary was, conditions. conditions. That, that was hard to watch because... It's a reality. We test on animals as human beings and we try not to think about it. Even if you're like, like I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan person. And even if you're one of those who is just like me, you still feel bad. Like you Mm -hmm. don't want this to happen, even though you kind of understand why it has to happen. It just, it sucks. Especially for this scenario where they paint it. Like, it doesn't actually have to happen. They're just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially since the experiments aren't working, but Victorine keeps trying to push and push. And we learn it's because... And the way she's faking Roger, it. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. she's hurting the apes to make them look like they survived. <laughs> so she's killing one, hurting another every single yeah. time, not helping any of them. And pumping adrenaline. But she's doing this because we learned that Roderick is uh, going through some kind of, was it dementia? Roderick? Yeah. He was, he's, he has something. Vascular. Yeah. Dementia. Yeah. And he um he needs this item that they're working on to work. the The casing over the heart to pump the... The mesh. The mesh, yes. So Camille's like, oh, yeah, here we go. I got all the dirt. And then one of the cage doors is open. But we see it's a security guard. Now, and throughout- if you didn't think this Lady Death actress, who's the same actress who was in a bunch of the other properties, she played the mom in the first one for The Haunting of Hill House. If you didn't think she was getting enough work just pushing the boundaries of her acting ability wait till you see her act like a goddamn ape (laughs) she does it 
She's talking eloquently, but she is moving around like like she's Caesar from Planet of the Apes. She's just working. <laughs> she made Andy Circus proud. Yeah. And she asked the question that's been asked throughout the entire episode, which probably was a hint that Camille was going to die. But how come you don't like Victorine? What is what is up with that? And Camille's just always just dodges the question. There's never a real answer. Like, why does she hate Victorine? But, of course, we know Lady Death knows more than she's letting on. And she's telling her Camille right to her face. It's because she was able to get past what you couldn't get past within yourself. The two of you could have been a fucking dangerous team. And your ego didn't let that happen. She also says how, like, they're very similar. I thought that was interesting. Like, they're basically the same kind of person. Victorine chose to do something a little nicer, but it's still kind of shitty. Yeah. And then Camille just, though, she was groomed to to be, not Dirt Slinger, but the... The Spin. Yeah. She's, that was to her groom, but Victorine became the the doctor or like a doer, someone who actually influence change. But even within her big speech, she makes it seem like Victorine isn't hot shit anyway. Like she didn't even invent the mesh. The girl she's dating invented the mesh. She's just like, I don't know, co-opting it. Yeah. Like almost like that's the reason they're fucking, Mm -hmm. but I I feel like Camille said that. not the, the lady, I think lady death said it. Maybe. I don't uh I feel like they both I think Lady Death hinted at it, but Camille outright said it. I think the most messed up thing that Lady Death did was like it didn't have to be this way. You could have died a long time from now in bed peaceful. But now you have to die like this. Yeah. And she's rearing up to like do the great ape attack. And that's when um, Camille's like, yeah. boss-ass line where she's just like, it's all right. I got mine. And she takes a photo triggering her own death. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Kill me. And the photo, we have, we see, so we see Lady Death jump up on the table, mm-hmm. act like an ape, reveals the scar on her chest. And I think Camille put it together that this, this is an ape. <laughs> this yeah. is not. This is this the is end. This yeah, and she takes a picture, and on the, her camera phone, we don't see Lady Death. We see the ape. What if on the... Team. Well, there, I doubt there's any security cameras in there, but what if on the security cameras in there, they just see this ape, like, going... <laughs> like, just, like, giving the whole speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, And then the next day, which is the end of the episode, uh, people who worked there come in, they go into the facility. They go into the monkey cage room. They see a bunch of blood. And we see Camille's dead body. Mm-hmm. And the ape just kind of look at the camera and wink while he's smiling. We knew so, it was going to be Camille because, like, earlier when we when we see Roderick regaling this tale of how his kids died to Augie, um, mm-hmm. Camille's ghost haunts Roderick in that yeah. scene. So we knew it was yeah. going to be her. And it's probably going to be the setup from now on, unless they want to get tricky with it. 
Like the one who dies that episode will be the one who haunts. And it'll be hard because the uh, Lady Death set herself up for several of the the children. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Camille, before this episode ended, she before her death, she fired her interns, which I guess is more mm-hmm. <laughs> info that she was going to die. But she also had a conversation with uh, Napoleon, Leo. That's where she, she was, got more humanized. Because earlier when they were discussing Perry's death, it was very clinical. What are we going to do? We got to do PR. La 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 And nobody gave a shit except for Leo, who was noticeably distraught. Yeah. Victorine looked like she cared a little. But honestly, it's starting to look like theatrics. Like she's just putting on a face to be like, don't you care? I care. But she's yeah. not like showing emotion. Her eyes don't yeah. show it. Leo, he actually looks like he gives a shit. Like, he's depressed. Yeah. And Camille was just like, why didn't you guys come to me sooner? Like, we need to fucking handle this. And they're like, okay, we got to handle. Roderick says, we got to sweep all this under the rug. And she's like, no, we're on trial right now. Okay? We don't have this. Ha- this is not going to happen to us. We got to put it out there. Because so- Roderick says... That they got, they're gonna make it. That he was at the party, because you can't, you know, sweep that under the rug. But it wasn't his party. It's so gross what they did with the PR stuff there. Yeah, they spun it so that one of the convicts he invited did it, and he's a hero. And they're gonna use one of their shell companies that does charity work and put his face on it. Yeah, it's so disgusting. Uh, Camille's idea. And if you say something, because she wants sympathy then, in court. Yep. So, so gross. They use this. They use this death for that. And then, Roderick has his. Uh, at some point. Well, I mean, I get to that later. But I wonder if she'll. She'd probably want them to do the same shit with her death. But I don't know <laughs> how they're gonna spin that one. Yeah. She loved apes. That's good. She loved them, and they turned on her. We have an oh. entire article written by Jane Goodall in her defense. <laughs> um, Roderick had a big talk with Frederick because who was that, who else was at that party? His wife and Lenore, the granddaughter, or the the daughter of Morel and Frederick, went to go see her mother because she doesn't understand what's going on. But she catches a glimpse of a conversation between Roderick and Frederick. Frederick has was supposed had the task of getting rid of that tank that um that was housing some illegal chemicals, hard to dispose of corrosive chemicals that they had to keep off the books. Because I'm assuming it's super illegal to have and hazardous mm-hmm. waste has to be disposed in a certain way that they just weren't doing or maybe yeah. weren't capable of doing without bad PR. So he kept it okay. there and they were going to dispose of the building and the asset at the same time slowly. Which is, I think, the protocol of what Freddy was, not to defend him, but I think that's what he was supposed to do in this situation according to their shady business dealings. And I think Roderick was being kind of a dick, being like, this is on you because you didn't do it, even though you followed protocol to a T. Like, (laughs) 
I I know he it would have been nice if he did this sooner, but I feel like the time frame was what everyone expected. Like if Roderick was in charge of it, I think it would have been getting done in the same manner. Yeah. The thing that really fucked up everything was Perry himself. Perry, mm-hmm. who was doing all this shit under the radar, not giving a shit about the company, not talking to his family about what he's doing and just doing it. And also yeah. not testing the goddamn sprinklers. It's all Perry's fault. I don't feel bad <laughs> for him. I feel bad for everyone who was around him. So, like, yeah, Frederick could have handled this sooner. And Roderick also said that if his son Perry gave a damn and listened to any fucking idea of what was going on in the family business, and he's telling us all this to uh, Augie. Augie, um, District Attorney August Dupin. There we and, go, District Attorney on the same page. <laughs> and he, Chief um, of Police Augie. <laughs> and he's telling us, like, we were gonna if he had waited a couple of weeks, we would have demolished the the factory. Um, as Jumpy already went through it. Key thing was, as they're bringing in materials in and out for the demolition, because you have to do that. It's easy to hide the waste in there, and then you could just dump that wherever they needed to dump that. Mm-hmm. New Jersey. That was it. <laughs> so, just kidding, Americans. I think I'm not sure if they love New Jersey. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was. If you're from New Jersey, move. <laughs> so that was pretty much it of Perry. It really hit Leo the hardest. He, he, uh, Camille went to visit him. She's already setting up this PR stunt. Leo's the first one. She was grooming him. First thing he said is like, look, it's kind of hard because I did a lot of uh, drugs beforehand, edibles. And then she's like, you did edibles right before I'm supposed to prep you? He's like, you want? She's like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she and- kind of, she mourns with him by doing these designer drugs yeah. and chatting with him. And it, it kind of becomes like a big, my life is hard pity party, but it's it's a form of mourning. And that's way more than I was getting before. So they seemed a lot more human to me, mm-hmm. even though they're still very unrelatable because I don't <laughs> I don't break down and take designer drugs every time I'm upset or, you know, <laughs> down because of a family matter. But but still, Camille, they were more human. They humanized themselves there. Camille definitely said that she she knows the four of them are the bastards and she she understands that. That's her role. When was the first time you met um, Roderick, our dad, Leo? And he's like, when I was 20? No, or 18, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was 18. No, his was 20. Uh, Camille was 18. And Perry was 16. That's no, he was really young, young no, to be like, yeah. hey, I just won oh, the lottery, 20- basically. Hmm? Yeah, because he he's 25, mm-hmm. right? So when he was 16... And That's they're like, yeah, he... No time at all, really. Yeah. Nine years, I guess, he knew he had a father and he knew all his siblings. Like, you didn't grow up yeah. together. You didn't have that bond. The, their family dynamic makes a lot more sense now to me since they didn't mm-hmm. really know each other. And that's what it feels like. They really don't know each other. 
and you could tell like well Leo and Camille talking to each other felt very like uh Camilio. Yeah, yeah. Like um this is not the first time they had this type of conversation where they open up to each other, but it's it's a uh, it's definitely few and far between when they have these conversations. I feel like also, it's, it's just, just very few and far between when Camille <laughs> acts human. I don't, I don't think she's normally acting human. She's the one who's the most um, similar to what's her name? Roderick's sister. Madeline. Madeline. She's the one who's most similar to Madeline, in my opinion. She is kind of sadistic and um, whatever just the ends justify the means kind of personality. And she doesn't seem like the type who enjoys a good time. But despite that feeling I had about her, she had a good time at that night with her brother. Um, yeah. And she left the party like, cause they were going to have a small get together. Um, just so Leo can like mourn Perry's death. Cause that's the way Perry would have wanted it. Right. Just have party, have one party with him. And somebody brought, Morty, right? It's called Morty. Morty. The drug. Sure. Yeah, like somebody brought like this this hardcore drug that's based off of a drug Roderick um Ligadone. Ligadone and or something like that. Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> and District Attorney August Augie and Roderick went back and forth on this. Like back at the setting of the the house he was just like oh um ligadone's the cause of all these things he's like no it's not ligadone was a legitimate fda approved because that means fuck all i don't know why he <laughs> said that I, but to me that made it be like less legitimate but he's like <laughs> fda approved drug and people got their hands on it Change the compound, turn it into party drugs. That's not on me. That's on them. Yeah. So don't blame Ligadone for this. I just can't can't get over your Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> Call it by its um, name. Call it Ligma. <laughs> so. Uh, or Morty. <laughs> Morty. <laughs> Ligma Morty. So yeah. For those of you that seen uh, the first pilot episode. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, that's and then Leo wakes up the next day, and his footprints lead to a, to a, a knife into his boyfriend's cat. And yeah, that was fucked up. What was that about? That is weird to me, and I'm almost. I feel like did he do it's it? Like, I haven't rewatched the episode, but I feel like maybe Lady Death is at the party too. Like she no, walked in with everybody. Really? I don't. I, I no. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched it. Don't quote me on that. But I wouldn't you. be surprised if we get a flashback to the party and Lady Death is there. So screen, she was busy that night. Screen rat is going to report. Special <laughs> report. Rip has said that in the background you can see Lady Death in episode three. They, they'll only give me credit if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fucking wrong find out why here 
<laughs> Quick. Links uh, to the episode. But like... You also thought so, that guy was a cop. <laughs> so we could throw out the the seven the the nine circles of hell theory, right? I no don't know if name. that fits, and if I don't have the knowledge to make it fit about <laughs> yeah. the nine circles, like I can't remember. Because gluttony was next, and I don't see any gluttony, but I do. Well, he's overindulging in designer drugs, like comfort. I think. Leo is overindulging in comfort. That's Leo's problem. You know, his life revolves around video games, which is a gigantic vice that, you know, most, a lot of us have. I have that. Um, He's overindulging (laughs) in designer drugs. He doesn't look like he's a big giant, you know, fat guy, but he's also rich. So he gets tummy tucks and liposuction whenever he wants. Maybe he does overindulge in everything in his life. I feel like Leo could be a representation for gluttony overindulging in the finer things in life but for sure camille wrath because that ape went fucking (laughs) bananas on her let me tell you like wrath yeah yeah i can't think of something better for camille given that all she does is kind of spin situations and twist it i guess wrath would be the best one and then you can throw sloth or frederick Lazy he's not really piece of shit, maybe. maybe. I mean, we haven't had his episode yet, really. But I can see that being Sloth. He definitely was concerned when, when he saw his wife there. And he wasn't really asking the questions that you should ask. Mm. But maybe he's just waiting for her to wake up. Which, she did wake up when Lenore went to see her. And this what? girl, this woman freaked the fuck out. She As just started... Would. She teared the bandages off her face, almost looking like she was scratching at her chart, not chart body, but her. But like the bandages at that point, some of them are like, you know, keeping her shit together. Like some of them are acting like skin and she's ripping that shit off. Yeah. So that's going to be, we got to wait for that Frederick Mm -hmm. uh, Morel conversation. Um, but yeah, we got, we definitely got wrath with Camille. <laughs> um, and she definitely displayed wrath with Tina and Toby. Um, Lady Death talked to Victorine. She posed as somebody who was just too perfect for, to start the human trials. And she did her normal question. Do you work here? Or can you help me? I've been duped. People keep uh, fucking around and getting my hopes up. Can you actually help me? And Victorine's like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. I'll get this to Dr. Alessandra right away. I don't get Victorine's, like, idea here. Like, I get you're desperate to get this to human trials. But if it's Mm -hmm. not going to work in the testing phase for the apes, like... Why Why even bother taking it to human trials? You're just kidding yourself. I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, she's desperate. She probably doesn't, is not thinking clearly. I think it, the part of it and the thing that's going to end up making her a shitty person, because I don't think anyone's going to come away clean, is she doesn't care about fixing this problem. She needs it to be a success so her father sees it as a success. I think that's why she's pride. 
she will let her pride get in the way of actually helping people. Yeah. I remember you saying that. That's good. I, I'm going to keep the seven, the nine circle thing alive <laughs> as best um, I can, not knowing all the circles. Uh, Leo and his boyfriend, Julius, with the dead cat, that's definitely coming back into play mm-hmm. at some point because you just don't show us that. They got to show us what happened that night, why he stabbed the cat. I don't care if it's something ridiculous, but he has no memory of that night, and Julius does, and he doesn't want to share anything that happened that night. So we could even theorize that maybe Julius killed his own cat and it's framing Leo. Leo had blood on him, but that could have just happened at any point. I'm sleeping on the floor. Yeah. It does. It wouldn't make sense. Like the, it's easy to be like, oh, uh, Leo, fucking, just was so out of his mind that he stabbed the cat, but it doesn't look like he has any of that tendencies. It, it's either that, or um, when Lady he had Death, the opportunity. It has. If we get a flashback, I would suggest that not suggest, but like I would think that Lady Death was fucking with him at the party and he grabbed the knife and tried to stab her and he ended up stabbing the cat. You just see a flashback and it's her acting like a fucking cat on the floor (laughs) like, hey, Leo, I killed your brother. And then he just throws a (laughs) knife at her. (laughs) That's some good aim if that's fucking, he threw that knife. I don't know. Leo plays a lot of video games. Good hand-eye coordination. That's true. So... No Juno. He's playing Red Dead Redemption 2 for those of you eagle eyed viewers. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, damn, I want to go back in. <laughs> I loved it. Hours of just roaming the American wild with no real music to get you by, like in other games. You just kind of just exist <laughs> in peace. And then he, uh, uh, he's an avid streamer. That's where he's making his revenue he's to the point where. Uh, streamer? Different mag- I thought he developed video games. Or as Camille said, he, paid he pays people, people to develop video games. But still, game. like he's a producer, basically. That, that was Bill's my what a like Bill's bird joke about uh, Steve Jobs, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, okay, I get that he was innovative, but did he really invent those things? We were acting like he invented those things. What he did was he got into a room and he's like, yeah, you see all this music? I want to. In this, I want to be able to call people and have all my music together. Do it. And he walks up. <laughs> it was a good Bill Bro Bird joke. Check him out. He's great. Mm-hmm. He does not know the, who we are. I was going <laughs> to so. say, I thought you were going to say, he does not get enough credit. I'm like, yes, he does. He's like what, <laughs> the most famous comedian. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Guys, I'm the Mandalorian, for God's sake. We got to talk about um, the past. So Roderick's past mm. where he goes in and he's angry. He's And he's telling this to Detective, um, District Attorney Augie. He, um, he goes into the, the owner, Fortunato, and starts telling him, he's like, hey, you dismissed my drug idea and now I see you fucking around. Oh, you mean his youthful... Yeah, rage back thing. He... that was interesting with Griswold. Yeah. So apparent. So he went 
what was it? He went to another company to yeah, start he, developing. He pitched the idea for this drug, but this guy Griswold's not an idiot, and he's just like, you're just the middleman, and I have a bunch of money. I'll just go buy where they make the product and take over manufacturing, and mm-hmm. fucking own the scientist who invented it, and that's what he did. And he made all the money himself. He didn't really have to do anything with Roderick, which is completely true. Um, which and which was the game. Yeah. Like the setup. He he knew that if he denied it, he uh, if he showed the ambition, he'd take it somewhere else. And he'd follow that trail and just buy the fucking company. So he played him and he, he won. But mm. it's a lesson for Roderick on how that game is played. And Roderick stuck around because he he didn't fire him um, and made it seem like he'd string him along on a series of promotions, which was better than what he was doing at the moment. Um, He ends up coming home with a raise and all his other shit, which is nice for his, you know, new family. But uh, Madeline is quick to tell him that he ain't shit and he needs to step up his game and become more ruthless. (laughs) Because she sees it. Griswold is going to use him string him along promise him all these things that he's never gonna get but give it just far enough where it feels achievable and she's like yeah remember when we were in our foster family and you kept standing up for yourself and you get what did i get you it's like they they locked me in the closet yeah what did i do it's like you were their favorite she's like yeah i kissed yeah, ass. No, you, you kissed ass that's yeah. what he said yeah <laughs> she's like ah and i became their favorite you need to go over there and kiss his ass learn the trade and you know climb up so we we know that there's gonna be the eventual him taking over and making griswold eat crow and he he's definitely gonna learn how to be cutthroat from him but it i think they kill him i think the both of them kill him and you think that's where they saw lady death that December would be 30. an opportunity. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be a crazy episode when we revisit that bar on New Year's. Yeah. That that's gonna be the mind blowing, like, oh, this is what's fucking happening in this show kind <laughs> of episode. Yeah. Um and we see it. Annabelle's just still telling him, You don't have to do this. You could just we we're good where we are. You don't have to climb further. We're good where we are. We can eat, we have we have we can afford a new place. We can afford medicine for Tam. Um, we're good. Like, don't become this person that Madeline is trying for you to become. Because and I don't he's like recites it. some poetry, and they're like, mm, mm-hmm. "I love you." But <laughs> well, we get the reveal, wife, and she's not gonna stay forever. Rip's opinion nope. <laughs> was that she leaves. I still think she dies. Uh, I don't think he take unless. Uh, Madeline kills her because Annabelle already revealed she doesn't like get the hell out of here that would be insane I hope that doesn't happen because she seems really nice I don't have any evidence for this and I'm just gonna throw this wild ass theory out there I don't know why but I think Madeline has cancer I don't future Madeline yes I don't know why, like, it just popped into my head. I think, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like, because she's obsessed with immortality. And I know cancer is like a really, really specific thing. 
but I feel like her being the cutthroat that she is in the past and her having such a a, a calm demeanor, I think I think she's like sick. I hope she asks Lady Death for immortality and sacrifice something to get it and then realize that what she really wanted was eternal youth and she didn't get it. So she's just going to keep aging and <laughs> getting worse, but not dying. That'd be cool too. That's oh. like the perfect comeuppance for anybody in a in immortality story where they get immortality, but they forget about eternal youth because that's the fun part of being alive, not <laughs> being really, really old. So... I, w- I had the theory that they probably fucked around with Lady Death. Maybe. <laughs> I like that pause. <laughs> they, uh, maybe they promised her something and then they, they found a loophole or some shit. And then Lady Death was like, oh, I'll come back. Don't worry. But. I'll kill your kids. Everyth- and Madeline's like, what about the grandkids? <laughs> but like nothing bad's happening to Madeline. Cause I don't think she really cares that her, her, uh, her nieces and nephews are dying. Um, well, to her, they're nobody. She's she. They're like adults she met and known for a couple years. That's true, because it's the bastards that she, are dying. Maybe she'll care more about Tammy and Frederick. I mean, Rod. Yeah, it's Frederick. Frederick. I mean, we'll see with Camille. But she might not even I've... give a shit about any of them, honestly. She seems really cutthroat. Camille's, I'm expecting a reaction because of how similar they are. I also had the theory that Arthur Pym is not, like, a human. Like, he's, like, he has some kind of... He's Ant-Man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't want to say magical. Nah, but there's this... No way. You're getting crazy <laughs> here. But like, he definitely seems like there's more, there's more to him. And I think it's something, like... He's a Jedi. Almost like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's fucking say it. <laughs> These aren't the droids you're looking for. There's Let me into the him. crime scene. <laughs> if, I, I mean, I hope every time I see Mark Hamill cast anywhere that he does an evil laugh. And Arthur Pym seems like the character who will never laugh. If he ends up being like the devil and he gets to be all like menacing and laugh maniacally, that would be mm-hmm. pretty sick. And then Lady Death <laughs> is just Lady Death. Death yeah. Works with him sometimes. Yeah, that'd be cool. But we'll see. The devil, Definitely. a lawyer, impossible. It's a pretty good theory, guys. How'd you feel about uh, Roderick's lemonade speech? I liked it. It no. seemed very. I have this in my back pocket to yeah. say to somebody who makes the mistake of saying the cliche. But I he liked did it. that. Yeah, he played. He played a uh, district attorney Augie for like, sure, like a fiddle. Like when life gives you lemons and he pauses, you make you lemonade. Make lemonade. No. no, you idiot. No. I mean, inform <laughs> you. You stockpile the lemons. You make lemons the most important thing. You make since... them sexy and you patent the seeds and all this other bullshit. Basically, and you deciding... sue the farmers yeah. that have the genetic makeup of the lemons because you make the lemons to be to have make them look like breasts and nipples. He gets then... weird with it, and he basically describes them. How to make a monopoly out of something. And then when you make billions, you cut the fucking lemons and you make fucking lemonade. You're <laughs> genetically it. modified lemons. <laughs> oh, man. To make Tropicana. So who do you think is next on the chopping block? Leo. 
Leo, why? He's in a shitty place. Frederick's story, I think, has more to do with the wife and daughter, so I don't think he's gonna die right right now. Um, Victorine's a fine candidate because she just saw Lady Death, so mm. Victorine's also a pretty much a good option. But yeah. Leo, he killed that cat. I just I don't know what's gonna go on with him. You know what? I'm gonna change it to Victorine because she saw that. They death already. I think she has to be next in the chopping block and then Leo. Uh, I'm thinking Leo too. Yeah, I was thinking Victorine. I'm going to stick to Victorine. I was thinking Victorine, but whatever she has to do to help um, Roderick, I think they're going to dangle that a little longer. I think the publicity from... Camille dying in her lab and revealing what's wrong with those monkeys. Sorry, those mm-hmm. apes. They're apes. I'm like, shut up. It's revealing what's mm-hmm. wrong with them um, is going to light a fire under her ass to get this project done because mm-hmm. Roderick's going to put a bunch of pressure on her and that's going to lead to her death. Okay. That's, that makes sense. We'll see. We'll see. But I feel like you're right that the Frederick and Tam... Tamerlin. Those are the end game, yeah. Yeah, and that's probably where the human side of Roderick finally comes out. And we'll reveal that he's sloth. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you call Leo sloth? Uh, I mean, it works, but gluttony, the way you describe that just fits so much better. Yeah, I would go with gluttony for him. Um... And then there's greed somewhere in there. <laughs> mm. I mean, all of them have greed. Yeah. Maybe uh, Roger, why... maybe Tammy. I'm not really sure what Tammy's game is. Lust. No, but that's Perry for sure. So That was Perry. Um, man, fuck. Lust, gluttony, greed. Um, Wrath. Wrath. I'm looking at the seven deadly sins. Lust, gluttony, hearsay, <laughs> uh, sloth, and oh, fuck. Uh, seven deadly sins, which is also a great anime. If you haven't checked that out, have you watched it? Uh, I've seen some of it, but I I wouldn't say I know enough about it to say I watched. I do know the seven deadly sins from Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood, all the homunculi. <laughs> we got wrath, but... we got gluttony, we got greed, we got um lust. <laughs> Who else? Right, so... ah, fuck, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it again, I'm sorry, I gotta go through this. Lust, gluttony, greed, uh wrath, slot sloth, pride, and the despair. Pride and despair? Yeah. Victorine already gave pride. Despair is probably going to be Roderick or something. Envy. Envy. There Fuck. we go. There you go. Thank you. I knew oh, it was Oh, maybe, maybe Tammy has envy or something. Like she gets off on being envious of people with her husband. Yeah. That, that kind of gets in there, right? Yeah. Maybe this does work. 
or maybe i don't know perry's envy and then she's lust i don't know <laughs> mm, perry was really just all about lust that's lust that, that was his whole character she must be envy okay she she sets up scenarios for her to be like envious of somebody in the situation in a very specific situation that she enjoys and then she gets off on it now if we're going if we're going by the seven deadly sins right there's six children but there's actually seven and everybody looks at forgets about lenore the grandchild she could be she could be greed because she's the informant if we're yeah, going by yeah, that'd be crazy talk uh, uh but it Maybe she's Roderick. like, my whole family's pieces of shit. I want to <laughs> inform on all of them. Roderick's going to die if he's not already dead. And he's either doing two things. Cleaning up. So oh, the fortune that's left to Lenore is clean. Like, she has all the money. And she doesn't... Because remember, she kept blowing up his phone in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So it's either all the... He's trying to clean up put all the blame on him so that she gets whatever money she gets is hers and no one can take that away from her and no one can blame her for anything or he's purposely uh, admitting to everything because she she knows that she's the informant and all the money is gone and she gets nothing damn I don't know that's a good theory for her We'll see. Either that or she, I mean, she, to me, she just seems like an innocent character because he had to have one. She would be but, the left field pick where it's like, we don't want to pick any of the obvious siblings. Bam. Her. Yeah. Because it's, what does she have to gain? You know? Everything. <laughs> she has everything to gain. She can gain all the money. So she's like yeah. the perfect pick. I feel like that's it. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. That's and I'm just going off of the fucking seven deadly sins. I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll see. But Roderick definitely has a plan. He's not just saying this, um, just to say it. Um, I don't know. I keep going back and forth to whether he's dead or not. Roderick? No, he's not dead. Okay. You you don't get haunted by ghosts when you're dead. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Madeline's dead. Yeah. Madeline's dead. She's not downstairs. She's down, 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 down. Downstairs. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Any, any last bits, Jumby? Last bits? Last words? No, just anything that we didn't cover on this episode that needs to be talked about? Not really. I think we covered all the bases. Um, we talked about who we think we're, is going to bite it next, and all we can do is hope <laughs> we get the answers that we're looking for going forward. Mac Flanagan is the master of making me look like a fool because I have all these awesome theories and he's like, nah. The best part <laughs> and the hard part when you have a show, a mis- that a show that has mysteries that people are gonna theory craft with is making the reveal satisfying. Mm-hmm. And he always nails it. It's always like, Oh, that's fucking cool. It's never disappointing to me. Especially like the reveal in Midnight Mass and the reveal he would have given in Midnight Club was also like fucking awesome. I would never have 
piece that together but once you know it it makes so much sense cool well any with all that being said any last words jumpy ape ape indeed and with that we conclude another episode of fandom the silver screen podcast if you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us. And for those of you who are ever, who already have shown that love, we'd like to thank you. But get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. <laughs>